divisive issues contains language unsuitable for children, adults, and any scrolls out there pretending to be children, and anyone who doesn't want spoilers. So just don't listen to this. Welcome to Divisive Issues, a comic book podcast where we talk about comic books. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. Here we are, guys. Haven't seen you guys in a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> just disregard Phil. <laughs> a long time ago, back in November, on the Comic Radio uh, Facebook group, we had a poll for which Doctor Strange story we should do in t- to tie into uh, the movie coming out. And then other things happened in November that made us not want to talk about Dr. Change as much anymore, so we postponed it until now, and now we're going to fulfill... There's also that poll, which was a tie, so we're doing all the Dr. Strange stories ever made. No, but all the ones we posted. <laughs> we're changing divisive issues to Dr. Strange issues, and we're just going to yeah. do yeah. A, a comic book podcast devoted to him, because he is a great, handsome man. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, because he's handsome. This is on handsome. Uh, so the story, uh, the first story we pitched was a story where Dr. Strange meets... Uh, the creator of the universe and wins his genesis. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers, but uh, that's how I knew the book, so fuck you. Like, spoilers. <laughs> the way it's pitched to most people is, is spoilers, yes. But um, uh, Wait, it was... Who are uh, you saying fuck you to, Phil? Or the yeah. listeners? Uh, fuck it's everyone. It's always uh, Phil. Okay. Oh, oh, never mind. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Phil and everyone. It's a considerable yeah. amount of more people. It's always at least Phil. <laughs> Uh, so the story was written by uh, Steve Engelhar, who's one of my kind of under my favorite underrated writers. I mentioned him before; he wrote the story of Batman and, and the Laughing Fish, uh, the one that drove oh, the episode. Makes, uh, he wrote the original comic; it's based on. Oh, I only saw. And the episode is very closely related to the comic. Sly, but, can uh, I make a confession to you? Yeah, Engelhart is one of my favorite writers that we've read on this show. That's cool because he's one of my favorite writers. Still, so. is that a confession or is that like? A... <laughs> I don't know. Confessions are usually dark, you know? That seems like a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) I view Engelhart and Gerber, who wrote Howard the Duck, as, like, the guys from the late 70s that were like, hey, let's make comics real things. I I know I said this um, to someone at some point, but uh, (laughs) I really, reading these comics, it's always so impressive to me because I'm like, I like a lot of the other stuff we read and I like superhero comics, but... It's just like there's so many tropes that are very common in every other uh, superhero comic we read that when I read Doctor Strange, I like I can't even feel like I can't believe it's the same studio because it just feels like it's so different and cool. Yeah, it's way, way like everyone knows that his whole thing is that he uses magic and uh, is the master of the mystic art. I love that we live in a world where you could say things about Doctor Strange like everybody knows this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's such a strange comparison to regular superheroes and what they have to deal with because he's like he has to deal with everything on such another level and he's always using his powers to do something. Yeah. yeah. And the thing that's uh, I think stands out the thing that drew me to Doctor Strange because I started Sly's recommendations with uh with the Stan Lee stuff, like the earlier stuff. And the thing that drew me to it is when Marvel comics like really started picking up in the sixties, Dr. Strange was the character that like college kids loved and like hippies loved. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder why. And then I read it. I was like, Oh, oh, they were on drugs and this is really <laughs> yeah. trippy. Yeah. yeah. No, it gets really abstract like every time 
Or mm-hmm. in, in the two comics we've read. Yeah, at least yeah. in Englehart stuff. Uh, th- th- Doctor Strange was uh, famous in the 60s even for... Because the, the world he visits, if you watch the Doctor Strange movie... The dark dimension in that movie is pretty much the one the way it was in the comics. Like it, the, the, it's very inspired by the original artist Steve Ditko's art. Like it was always very trippy from. And his, it's the, the he was created by the same creative team that uh, created Spider Man. Created Spider Man, like the most grounded hero ever. So it's so cool seeing their style done in like the total opposite way. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's get into the artist real quick. Uh, Frank Bruner, uh, unfortunately, he did not do that much comic work. He did a lot in the seventies. He did the Howard the Duck. He did. Uh, man thing but he kind of uh, moved towards animation and moved to Hollywood and worked, worked on animation he worked mm. on Johnny Quest uh, that's awesome and he worked on the animated X-Men series too so oh, oh that's, that's cool, cool. I, I really liked his art there's the issue yeah. in the the second arc we're going to cover I think it's the second issue that one was really cool like the art that he did there yeah definitely everyone like gives Engelhardt a lot of credit but I think Brunner is equally impressive in like why these stories are so good mm-hmm. yeah and 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 uh his entire run with Engelhart, uh steve Engelhart stayed on afterwards but enti- the brunner run with Engelhart is collected in one trade called a separate reality and we're doing the entirety of it in this episode yeah and marvel just had an epic collection that has a bunch of other stuff in it leading up to this but this is like the second half of the book yeah mm. uh so the story uh begins uh it's actually uh just for a little backstory because that's what i love doing um, the lore, and it's actually very relevant because uh, Engelhart and Brunner came in 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 the in, in the torrent, and ended in a torrent like uh, basically like piracy, <laughs> and starting chaos ended in chaos, and they were like this. Chaos emeralds. They were like the, they were like the, the eye of the hurricane in a very chaotic period in Doctor Strange because uh, basically Doctor Strange uh, uh, after a long time of having no uh, ongoing series, he was just a member of the Defenders, a, a superior team he led. For a long time, and finally, Marvel's like, let's, let's have him back in his own series. But, uh, and he showed up, started appearing in Marvel premiere. Uh, but what happened was, every issue, if you read that story, every issue was a different, almost every issue was a different creative team, and no one had any idea where the story was going. Uh, and, and every issue said, Oh, you think that was the mastermind? The mastermind was actually this guy. Oh, this that was the mastermind. The mastermind is actually this guy. And finally, they, they, one writer uh, name drop, uh, what's his fucking name? Um, uh, I forgot his name. The guy from Marvel's Capcom 2. Shugarath. The, the, the tentacle monster from Marvel's Capcom 2. They dropped his name, but no one even, they didn't describe who he was. And finally, Engelhart came in and he defined him as like an eld, like a Cthulhu-esque ancient yeah, god. Lovecraftian yeah. deity. And the only, the only way he could come into our world was through his polar opposite, which was Doctor Strange's mentor, the Ancient One. In the comics, he was an Asian mystical stereotype, not uh, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> not uh, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Uh, but uh, and th- that this was a huge uh, this decision by Engelhart was a huge uh, a changing point, Doctor Strange, because uh, Doctor Strange had to kill uh, the Ancient One in order to prevent uh, the uh, the Elder God from coming into our world. And uh, this was a huge change because now Doctor Strange was the source supreme the, 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 of the Marvel Universe. He was the most powerful uh, f- magical figure in the entire Marvel Universe. And uh, like, and this took decades for him to get to this level. Yeah. Or like, I guess like probably like 10, 15 years, maybe not decades. decades. Yeah, but it was he started in the 60s and it was like the late 70s when this happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's he wasn't the Sorcerer Supreme from the very beginning. Yeah. He only, at the point where we're jumping in, he had just become the Sorcerer Supreme. That's Chalupa Supreme. Supreme. Yeah, so the story opens. Up, the story actually opens up with immediately after uh, him contemplating what he did and how he how he killed the ancient one, 
And uh, basically, he meets up with uh, his love interest, Clea, who, if you watch the Doctor Strange movie and saw the Dark Dimension, uh, she's actually a person from the Dark Dimension who came to, who basically uh, allied the Doctor Strange and she was banished to our dimension. And she became his apprentice. And, and uh, Doctor Strange makes her his apprentice, saying, I'm Sorcerer Supreme, so now you're my apprentice, as well as my lover. So, a uh, bonus. Yeah. <laughs> like the snap. Got him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, another uh, supporting character is Wong, who in the comics was more of a, a servant. Uh, martial artist type and generally pretty useless he's I will compare him to the Krillin of Doctor Strange or the Guardian wait Guardian like the Superman character yeah yeah. It's a joke, Ryan. <laughs> he just he just shows up and just gets beaten. That's his yeah. job. Oh, to okay. Show, like, that makes sense. This guy is a hostile threat, and he can beat up <laughs> this useless guy. I thought that I thought there was another DBZ character named Guardian. <laughs> I didn't know. Like that that was the first striking thing to me when I read it because I went into this not really expecting to like Doctor Strange because I'm like whatever like this wizard in blue pajamas isn't like. Have you seen the movie, Daryl? Cool. Yeah. Okay. I saw it after I read this though. Oh, okay. And so when I was reading this, I thought it was really cool that it just starts with him thinking about, like, meditating on life and what his own existence means. And he said he, said that he, he came, he was uh, meditating in the desert to delve into his soul, to weigh the intangibles that truly compose his being, and determine whether he is pleased with the balance. And also contemplating his uh, connection to life itself and how every living thing now is special to him because he sees the magic in it. Yeah, he picks up like an iguana. He's like, even this, such like a tiny thing, uh, it, having to live means to influence the cosmos by your actions and just your presence. Yeah, Which, and he says like, now I'm the Sorcerer Supreme. I'm basically all-powerful. Shouldn't I be more than just like a superhero? And he even starts pondering the very nature of existence itself where he's like, the opposite of life is not death it is non-existence yeah. and like you know even by living and dying you're still part of this great cycle in the cosmos and i just even though i've read this before i forgot how immediately this arc is just like this is some fucking yeah it's just shit. it's immediately different from anything like we've read in a while yeah it's like it's yeah. just it's so interesting because it's not the typical like uh who's the villain gonna be let's go fight them uh even yeah. though there are villains but they're they're not really they're like these weird abstracts like the, yeah. If the villain is death, like, that's, <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's just, it's not like a super villain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Doctor Strange, uh, now that he's all-powerful, decides he's going to go meet up with Baron Mordo, his old rival. Uh, if you watch the movie, you know that Baron Mordo was another student of the Ancient One. Spoilers. And basically, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know that, uh, but in the comics, actually, the reason why Baron Mordo betrays uh, Ancient One Doctor Strange is actually because... Uh, Doctor Strange was so much better than him. He he literally is the Krillin of <laughs> Doctor Strange, and that's why I actually like him. And uh, no, he's not the Krillin; he's the Vegeta, the Goku. Yeah. No, but Vegeta, uh, Vegeta is more uh, competent. Like the thing I like about um, Mad Mordo is Doctor Strange outclassed him ages ago, but he still finds shady, manipulative ways to be on his level. Okay. As we get to so story. he's kind of like Piccolo or Piccolo. Piccolo, yeah. Way yeah. Damn them. it, you fucking nerds! Yeah. <laughs> there is a pretty good joke. Though that shows that like it's not all super heavy cerebral. Where Clea and Wong pick him up in a jeep, and Doctor Strange is like, "Okay, let's drive through the desert." And then they're like, "Wait, aren't you Sor- Sorcerer Supreme?" And he's like, "Oh yeah," and then he just teleports. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "But we paid a deposit on that jeep," and he's like, "I brought it back. Don't worry about it." Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he goes to uh, Baron Mordor's uh, place, and he sees. Uh, he goes to Transylvania, which is Baron Mordor's hometown. He's not a black guy. Yeah, first I was like, oh my god, is Mordor Dracula? When I, was first <laughs> I thought that too. I got so excited. He's, he's very inspired by uh, that kind of... <laughs> Dracula's too busy fighting Thor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, as he goes looking around for Baron Mordor, uh, he gets hypnotized by a sexy gypsy. 
uh, who cares? Yeah. Listen, this is money. It also reminds me of every D and D campaign I've ever played with Phil, where Doctor Strange walks in, he's like, "I have to cast Detect Evil. Are there any bad guys here?" <laughs> I thought that too. <laughs> and so it turns out Baron Mora stole, stole this gypsy's uh, book, which was the book of Cagliostro, who was an actual figure in uh, history who pretended to be a magician and uh, uh, actual sorcerer. Which I find interesting because uh, uh, I like really what Stephen Nagel's run. He infuses uh, magic history into the actual run, yeah. entire run. Yeah, that's always yeah. fun. Uh, but uh, she she dies getting the book, and that frees Doctor Strange because they fight a big demon monster, and that kills her. And Th- this this stuff was so like this is the the beginning of each of Engelhart's arcs were the least interesting for me because they're both like the most normal. It's also the entire time he has to find a way to get Doctor Strange in a place where he wants him, despite him yeah. being so powerful, like that he somehow gets transfixed by a gypsy's dance. It's like, come on, man, you're the strongest wizard in <laughs> yeah. the universe, and a gypsy dances, and you're like, now I will do your bidding. His problem is that he's so powerful, but he's still like a human. Yeah. yeah. And they reveal what the book does, right? It's a book of time uh, by Kagoyostro, and Doctor Strange, at the end of the story, uses it to go back in time. Yeah, it, it's basically, it's a spell book that lets you change the past without affecting yourself. So, like, it avoids that, like, well, then wouldn't you have never been born kind of thing? So it lets you detach yourself from time. Yeah, I like how they explain past. that, too. They're like, this is a paradox-proof magic, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so next issue, um, they start going through time, and by they, I mean uh, Doctor Strange. And he, he meets a mortal as it's going through time. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, uh, Baron Mortal stole the book, so I gotta go get it from him. Um Anyway, he's flying around through time, uh, and... They fight for a little bit. Yeah, it's just some magic some... at each other. Yeah, right. But it turns out their magic, as they're going back in time, their magic is getting weaker and for weaker. For some reason. Yeah. And they go back to when Cagliostro lived, um, who was the book's author, obviously, and, um... Cagliostro, what, he fights him and leaves or something? But he's, like, he's like, I don't give a fuck about you. You can, you can, <laughs> yeah. have my, you can see my house for now, but I'm, I'm leaving, and he leaves. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> he dresses up as Cagliostro. So Dr. What, Strange does. Dr. Strange does. So when, yeah. when Mordo shows up to meet him, he's like, oh, hello. And then um, he's like, oh, I'm actually Dr. Strange. He beats Mordo. Uh, Dr. Strange beats Mordo. Um, and then he there's a, more time traveling going on, right? Uh, but basically, basically, like a time loop happens and Dr. Strange goes, uh, he meets himself meeting him. Like when Dr. Strange first came in, that happens again, but this time with Doctor Strange assumes Cagliostro instead of Cagliostro. Doctor Strange is like, what's going on? And he realizes that uh, Cagliostro is fucking up time with, with his magic. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, uh, basically, they go back in time more, and it gets revealed that uh, Cagliostro is actually of uh, the villain, who is a time traveler from way in the future. And His name uh, is Sizeneg. I, I pronounced it Sisseneg. Yeah. I, I thought it was Sisseneg too. Yeah, so, oh, Sizeneg makes more sense. I kept thinking Seismic, but Sizeneg. <laughs> well, Sisseneg or Sizeneg, uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently the way the world works is at, at any point in time, there's only X amount of magic that can exist in the world. It's like a finite amount. So if you have, you know, a million sorcerers, they all have to share out of that little piece of magic. But if there was only one sorcerer, he would have yeah. command over all of it. So his and, and the future, uh, there's so many sorcerers that Cagliostro's like, I'm not that powerful, so I'm going back in time to make sure I get more of it. Right. So he's basically going to all these different timelines or time periods and trying to kill all the other sorcerers that exist so that eventually there's only him. And yeah, and he wants to become like supreme ruler of the universe. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, if I can tap into all of the magic in the world by myself, I'll basically become a god. Yeah. So he goes back to Genesis, uh, origin of time times, and strange more to follow him. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's what he wants to do. He wants to go like to the very beginning of the universe. So then we begin Seismic Genesis, the book of Revelations. And it starts with like chapter one, and Seismic spake unto them, saying, I am wizard from the future, turning to the past, to the dawn of creation. And he's, he, uh, as the, throughout this issue, it's basically Mordo and Doctor Strange following Seismic and witnessing him like going throughout the land and trying to influence him in different ways. We're, Doctor Strange is trying to influence like his uh, humane aspects and trying to get him not to kill people that he encounters, and Mordo at the same time is just trying to like bow to him, uh, like feverishly. He's basically like sucking up yeah, to he's him. Sucking he's sucking like, no, I, I, come on, let me take me. He's with like, you. if you're gonna if you're gonna kill all the other sorcerers, like at least I can be this guy's like bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then but then that'll make you the second best sorcerer in yeah, the universe. That's so pretty fucking that's good. Still pretty good. Yeah. So it starts off, and this is not biblical, but it's with Lancelot fighting uh, a dragon. That <laughs> that's not in the Bible. Really? That's yeah. That's weird. I thought that was. Yeah, it was close, but no. Have you read the King Arthur translation? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they go back to I think it's Babylon. No, they or go the tower. The tower of Babel. But first, of Lancelot, what happened, the whole point of that scene is that uh, they save Sir Lancelot, and then uh, Doctor Strange saves Sir Lancelot, and he's like, "Oh yeah, he saves Sir Lancelot. I'm such a good guy." And Moro goes to this next thing. You see this fucking idiot. He saves Sir Lancelot. Now he's going to dest- Lancelot's going to cause the destruction of Camelot. See, uh, uh, compassion is shit. It sucks. Just yep. be a strong god and control everything. Basically, he means sow the seed of their own destruction through their willful nature. You are right to rise above them, Seismic. People cannot control themselves. They need to be controlled by someone strong, by you. So yeah. basically, I'm Doctor Strange being like, be nice, and Mordo is sly, and he's like, no, fuck yeah, everybody. Yeah, pe- people are inherently evil. They need an authoritarian <laughs> ruler to rule over them. Well, Happy I mean, January 20th, guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, Lancelot <laughs> does fuck everything up, so it's like... Yeah. So then yeah. they uh, return back in time uh, to... Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah. That's where they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he sees all these gay people, so he's like, I have to destroy this place. Well, in, in the, in <laughs> the Bible kidding. version, but in this version, they're all sorcerers, like, contesting Sisinex. So Sisinex is like, fuck you, and he kills them all. Yeah, they're all shooting their lasers at them, and <laughs> Doctor Strange tries to stop it, but Sizing just blows them all up, and it's like, oh, man. He's just getting stronger and stronger. So then they go back to... Now Sizing's basically a floating head, or, or like a glowing radiant head. He's and, the sun from Teletubbies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go back to the dot, like... It, Near the dawn of creation with dinosaurs. Well, that I guess that's not. That's not even close. That's not that near. Of billions of years. <laughs> it's closer than in the Bible. Like, according to the Bible, it is. That's yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and then uh, here, Shumagorath's there, and he's just tormenting these eight people. <laughs> this is this is one of my favorite things. I, I, I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, it's real crazy, and it's uh, Doctor Strange. Like he has because. They're going, uh, his power's getting drained by Seismic. He can't yeah. really fight him, so he's like, Seismic, you have to do something to save them. Like, you need to save humanity? Yeah. And, but, and, uh, Seismic is finally like, yes, I, I can above, rise above humanity, but I can't abandon it fully. And he saves the two, the, the last two apes and sends, uh, Shimagorov to another dimension. Which is like a loop to where, like, it, it explains how Shimagorath left Earth. Yeah, exactly. It's cool, and like the art here is like very trippy, like we were saying. Like, like you see like Earth becoming like this like molten ball, and the, and like it's like the start of the universe in reverse, and then you see yeah. this giant head being like I'm God, and like yeah. it's it's pretty neat. Yeah, and so as we're drawing to the actual dawn of creation, and the cosmos is, begins uncreating itself, 
um, that's where Saiyajinag comes to the revelation. Like, he wanted to go back in time, be God, and then make the universe as he saw fit. But now he's realizing as he is God, he can make the universe no better. He has to make it the way it is. Yeah, he realizes yeah. that the universe is perfect as the way it is. Like, now that he has seen its creation, he understands why everything is the way it yeah. is. And Man is it. imperfect, but as close as one could hope to be, because they always strive to be better. Yep, and then he creates the universe and like Doctor Strange and Mordo return to the modern day of 1974. He also says his name is not Sisseneg, but Genesis. Uh, like, that clever version name paid off. <laughs> uh-huh. Usually I think that's the dumbest thing ever, but I think it actually kind of works here. Uh, I would have I liked it better if he was con- calculating the entire time, honestly. That's <laughs> I my, think that's, that's fair. The Sisseneg is just a, such a weird name. But in like this world with all these other names, I'm like it just does. It didn't stand out as extra yeah. weird to By me. By the eye of Agamotto. Extra strange, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, is he part of the hoary hosts of Hogoth or I whatever? That. That like was always it's... my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and so that ends the story. Is that he witnesses bas- basically God make the universe? Which I was like, I was blown away when I finished that uh, tale. Not only because it wasn't about fighting him to have him relinquish control of all magic, but rather trying to, like, push him in certain directions. Yeah. And and also that they that Marvel published a book that's like, huh, God's not real. It's this silly no, magician God is real. from it's the just 31st this... century. Well, that's what Doctor or, Strange like, is. The God you know is a lie. That's what his quandary is at the end, is because he wakes up in New York in 1974 on New Year's Eve, or a New Year's Day or whatever, and he says, like, did I witness a second Genesis, or was that the original biblical Genesis? Yeah. And, like, I like that open-ended, like, was this just a Doctor Strange plot, or is this what happened all along? And uh, just as a note, uh, as a final note, because it'll be important for our second half of this uh, special... Uh, Mortal becomes catatonic after seeing the universe because he's a, a baby. Yeah, <laughs> baby. What a baby! <laughs> From a bitch to a baby. What we're talking about is um, relevant because uh, Steve Englehart and Steve Brunner actually anticipated a backlash to the story, so they actually faked a letter uh, to their to Marvel saying, "Hey, I'm a I'm a Catholic priest priest or something, <laughs> and uh, I think this book was very creative. You saw religion." I, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like he did that in advance, so like by the time like by the time uh, it was uh, like out, uh, they already got like the letter. Like or people, Marvel's like, "Wow, Stephen Gar, people are excited about this." <laughs> Especially <laughs> priests. Yeah, that's pretty that's good. So they don't find this offensive. That's funny though. Uh, so that concludes our first story. Uh, now uh, the second story is. I lo- by the way, I know uh, Daryl, you were saying how it's interesting. It's shocking that they would um, like meet God or say God's not real, whatever. Yeah, but like that's not dead. I even though it's overdone and stuff like anime and video games, I love it every time. It's it's also it's (laughs) I hate God. It's not something you see in the seventies. Yeah, that's yeah in in Western media. Do you know when I was buying uh, Xenogears as a kid? Uh, the guy at, at Funko Land or whatever or GameStop <laughs> tried to tell my mom that it's like a very controversial anti-religious game. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, come on, mom, it's okay. It's, you just kill God or something. It's just it's a fine. game. It's a video it's, game. Yeah. I also wouldn't expect it from something like as mainstream as like Marvel Comics. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. You'd expect it in like some weird offshoot and Japanese yeah, exactly. Japanese things are way more comfortable doing that, but it, it is... Yeah, because they, they weren't... Yeah. They're Gallus Kamis. Yeah. Well, they're just less... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're less, you yeah, know... Yeah, yeah. Godly. Godly. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking scum. But, uh, so getting to our next story... Whoa, whoa, wait, that just sunk in. That was a harsh thing to say. <laughs> I mean, they are heathens that need converting. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, Much like Clea in this next story. So yep. the story. So speaking of uh, godlessness, uh, <laughs> uh, this next story opens up. Uh, it's Doctor Strange hanging out with Clea in the Sanctum Sectorum. Uh, I don't know. Is that pronounced? I don't know. But, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he's hanging out with Clea, and she's showing up. She makes a rabbit come out of a hat. She's like, "Oh, look how, ma- how magic has, been, has progressed." That's pretty funny. And uh, as uh, Doctor Strange walks, she's just flirting with him. Oh yeah, she she wants to Doctor way magicians do, I guess. Like he did mention in the in the earlier arc, like during his existential crisis, that like as he gets so cerebral and like trying to find his place in the grander scheme, like Clea grounds him, and like reminds him of his human side, and like he loves her, and that keeps him from uh, going crazy good relationships just like with like superman and lois is that you need someone to ground you in reality when you're so or like powerful. swamp yeah. thing swamp thing and yeah it actually reminds me a lot of something in abby yeah uh so as as dr strange walks off a religious zealot named silver dagger who's just like a crazy oh, no, old... he doesn't walk off they bone down and then he's he as soon as they're done he's like i must sleep now please leave i, I need to like meditate like so hard after that, <laughs> and I like that Clea, Clea talks to the rabbit, and she says he is so much a man, little rabbit, so <laughs> much. Uh, but the the religious zealot climbs up to the window, and uh, he uh, makes the rabbit grow big. Basically, basically pointing out that Doctor Strange has magic to protect him, but not not like uh, magic's just like fucking around magic. I hate that. I honestly hate that explanation because it feels like such a loophole. They're like. Well, his magic can detect any hostile threat, but is really a giant rabbit a hostile threat? It's like, yeah, it actually is. Yeah, I thought that was dumb. He also does <laughs> kick Krillin here in the stomach, and that none of his magic senses that as a threat. <laughs> also, the uh, the window breaking or any magic coming into your sanctum should be a threat. Yeah, the reason yeah. is that when the window breaks from the inside, because the rabbit jumps out of the window to let the silver dagger in, that that it's like his like spells must be so specific, like they're like computer code. <laughs> well, that's like, what I was like, they use magic all the time, so I imagine they can't have a catch-all protection against all magic inside the sanctum. Uh, it seemed kind of hand wavy to yeah, me. Yeah, the beginning of Engelhart's always his arcs are great, but the beginning of the stories are always just like. And then this just happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that'd be relevant. That'd be relevant discussion because. Uh, this is why a lot of Engelhardt's run was retconned by other writers because they're like, we don't want to do this anymore. We're just gonna Doctor Strange be weak. No more, no more Sorcerer Supreme, and we'll mm. get into that. Well, yeah, it would make sense if you're a writer. So, what do you prefer? Do you prefer uh, this whole entire I'm connected to everything to be gone and have the bullshit maybe come up a little time, or have it be gone completely and be irrelevant? That's that's a question yeah. I'm gonna bring up later. Okay, that's more of a next time yeah. kind of thing. Uh, so uh, he owns one, like. like uh, Dara pointed out he just kicks Wong's ass and, and hypnotizes Clea uh, by taking her by surprise to make make her under his control. And he takes he steals Doctor Strange's Eye of Agamotto. If you watch the movie, it's that thing Doctor Strange used to control time. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, he's more to basically I don't know how to explain it, but basically like to peer to souls of people. It's like an all-seeing eye. In the yeah. movie, really, it should have been the Book of Cagliostro that he was using. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> technically, technically. And. Uh, <laughs> Basically, he stabs him, uh, Doctor Strange, with a silver dagger because silver can apparently go through magic. Uh, I love that. Yep. Too. And he says, "Die, demon, die!" Because he yeah. So Doctor Strange med- meditating, and silver dagger stabs him back, and then he runs. Silver dagger runs off of Clea, and after that, Wong takes the injured Doctor Strange and he brings it to basically Doctor Strange's crystal ball, the Orb of Agamotto, uh, which we mentioned in the the door episode, the Dracula episode that he used to find Thor's bullshit, whatever it was, the lion head. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, but uh, in this case, uh, he goes to see the orb to see where Clea has been taken. But the orb starts sucking him in. Uh, tentacles come out and start sucking him in, and he realizes that uh, Doctor Strange realizes that the orb is powered by necromancy, and uh, he ends up inside the crystal ball. 
Yeah, and it the the reading here it's it's a splash page of like the skull in black and white kind of it looks like it's scratched on and it's Doctor Strange multiple for like him falling through it. Yeah, it says crystal may appear to be clear, still pool of nothingness, thin and ethereal, but it is glass and it is solid. Ma- imagine yourself falling not through space but through solid infinite glass into the eye of death. It's so cool. it, it's like that stuff is just that's what I like about Strange is it's, it's literally strange. Like yeah. things to imagine. It's like it's it's very like inventive and um creative. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely I think creative is the best way to put it. Yeah, so uh he uh Doctor Strange wakes up in the in the orb and he's next to the the hookah smoking caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. Speaking of creative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's steal other creations. I'm guessing Bruno had a thing for Alice in Wonderland because he also uh worked on uh, Alice in Wonderland illustrations, so mm. Uh, so uh, the, the hookah smoking caterpillar explains that he's trapped in the orb, and uh, being trapped in the orb means he's trapped in unreality. But so, he says like you could go back if you want, but then you'll be in a body that's about to die. Yeah, yeah. like he tried. He says the reason why he ended up here was he's subconsciously, subconsciously trying to escape death, and the only way to escape death is to go into unreality. So that's why he's here. Yeah, which is it doesn't, that, that becomes the whole theme of the arc is like as you le- lose yourself to, to unreality. And the music. Uh, Norman, she wanted it. Uh, yeah. Mama spaghetti. Mama spaghetti. Knees <laughs> weak. Arms on reality. Yeah. And how it's like to reality is you're dying, and the only escape from that is to just lose yourself to unreality. But then yeah, to go to a place where you're neither alive or dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, so uh, the caterpillar turns into a monster uh, and fights Doctor Strange as he tries to walk off. But uh and Doctor Strange seemingly kills him, but uh the caterpillar being being in the reality can't die and as is really later on, no, nothing in this world can die except Doctor Strange. Yeah, because nothing has a soul. Yeah. And, yeah. and and the caterpillar chills out and he says, Okay, you're cool with the dude for trying to kill me but uh and you, know, you can't fly out of here because there is really is no uh uh, play, uh uh sky here. Uh there no really no up here I mean uh, so the best way is to try to head for the center of the orb, and Doctor Strange goes and tries to do that. Yeah, it's one of those like yeah. as you head towards the center, you get closer to getting to the outside. You dig? It's basically yeah. like Lost. Yeah. Uh, yes. Sure. Uh, what is that reference? <laughs> sure. I don't know. I don't, remember, I don't remember. I don't remember Lost at all anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it was a fever dream. So the next issue starts with Silver Dagger decapitating Stephen Strange in the <laughs> middle of his room. And then he immediately is like, oh, too bad this was just a mannequin and not his body. That would have been great. Yeah. Uh, he was doing it in front of Clea and he's basically torturing her, trying to break her spirit and Yeah, because he wants to convert her to Christianity because he yeah. keeps calling her like a demon and he wants to cleanse her of all her demons Which, and everything. The first issue just had him like mentioning Doctor Strange as a demon. And I was like, okay, that, that that's weird. But this is where you start to see a little bit more of him that it's like, oh, he actually like, he, he's a zealot. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he uses the eye of Agamotto to see that Doctor Strange is alive. And we see Doctor Strange getting attacked by a giant worm trying to eat his soul. It's called the Soul Eater. Literally. Yeah, it's called the Soul Eater from, uh, from the hit game Soul Calibur. Yeah. And or the anime Soul Eater. It's I, not Soul Eater, it's not the original yeah. concept. <laughs> and Doctor Strange realizes wait, if I'm in unreality, I could do whatever I want. And he uses his astral projection and his like soul leaves his body. Well, actually, his actual self gets sucked out of his body by the Soul Eater. And then, then he realizes I can do shit. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. So Doctor Strange then escapes and he 
fights the Soul Eater and frees all the souls. Yeah, he yeah. goes into the Soul Eater's head and just starts blasting its nerves. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, all these other souls are in there and they're like, you're basically fucked. We all just get sucked in here. And he's like, what if I just explode his brain? And then it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, uh, because of his memories of the Silver Surfer, the Silver Surfer shows up because it's like the unreality Silver Surfer yeah. and helps finish off the Soul Eater. And then he... Does Silver Surfer lead him to the castle, or does he just go? Well, they fall. The, they, they basically uh, they're looking for his body because his body left while Zashaform was fucking up the Soul Eater. Yeah, and it turns oh, out... and the body walked by itself to the castle. Also, I yeah. need to. This is super important, but this castle <laughs> is Doctor Wily's castle, like to a it, it, <laughs> it is. It is. It actually is. Uh, Doctor Strange's memories also prove that he's a Mega Man fan. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, he follows his body to the castle, and inside he sees. Doctor Strange's body is getting drunk with a bunch of other superheroes, yeah. and it's it's the Defenders and like Spider Man's there and Daredevil's there and Hawkeye's and they're, they're there. They're all drinking tea like with the Mad Hatter, but yeah, it's it's very Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it's also worth pointing out that uh, the Defenders in the comics are not the Defenders you're going to see on Netflix. Uh, for some reason, they use the name, but the comic Defenders are all the misfits of Marvel. Like they're called the infamous non-team team. So it's a bunch of people that everyone hates pretty much, like Silver Surfer, Hulk. And like some Daryl's favorite Namor. Yeah, yeah. like like pretty much like the, the the anti-heroes of Marvel are the defenders. Yeah, and then another one of Daryl's favorites shows up as the White Queen, <gasps> Valkyrie. Yeah, and she, she doesn't call them all male chauvinist pigs, so Ooh. obviously this is unreality and yeah, not like, the real Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. That's how that chain knows things is, is getting fishy. Like, oh, it can't be the real Valkyrie. She, I'm not a male chauvinist pig, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and then Doctor Strange tries to leave, but. Every, all the heroes, especially Hulk, get really mad because they're like, "You should stay for dinner." Like Hulk needs friends. Well, well first, first Hulk is like, first, uh, first you d- don't say anything during dinner because he was just his body saying they're not <laughs> yeah. soul. And then now you're just leaving. Fuck you and just be the shit, Doctor Strange. Yeah, but and, so- and he like stuns them all with magic. But it's like Hulk. Hulk can't be stunned because Hulk has no senses or something. <laughs> Hulk has no brain. This is such a cool like Engelhart's writing for these guys. It's so it's it's all narrative bubbles and it says, "Is it possible do you suppose for an unreal creature to be struck death, to find its illusory eyes overwhelmed and struck blind, to discover its fanciful mind struck into chaos?" And it, it, yeah. it's just like it's that writing that this is why like if, if you're going to do writing in a comic at at least for me, I really like it being more poetic. That's why I like yeah. this era of comics, the Bronze Age, because uh, this was before they kind of cut out narration entirely, uh, but they got more put more effort into it. Yeah, and th- this has a. There are a lot of word bubbles per screen, uh, per screen, uh, per <laughs> panel. But I really like reading it because th- it's just it's fun to read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but what happened was, it turns out, the Valkyrie explains, like, you shelled this pig, it turns out that since you're unreality, <laughs> we're all unreal yeah. and you're real, you basically fucked our, our brains up a bit. Yeah, and, uh, you're the only you. one here who can die, so, and and because of that, like, dichotomy, it, like, has everyone in unreality kind of acting like crazy, and she gives him his Pegasus to fly to the center so that he could, like, be saved and go home. Yeah. And... At this point, uh, Silver Dagger says to Clea that he just watched Strange die, so she thinks he's dead. So uh, he rides his Pegasus, it recaps the story, and he rides his Pegasus to like this town where everyone is apparently dying, and then there's three other men that come out at like, the gate to meet him. And one of them reveals himself to be Famine, so they're the four horsemen of the apocalypse as he goes yeah. to meet death. 
and and all the all the emaciated people. It turns out, like as he gets closer to death, these are all people waiting to meet death, basically, and they're all like trying to kill themselves, saying, "Please let me die. I want to die." And they're waiting yeah. outside his palace, but he doesn't let them in. Yeah. yeah. So they're all like begging him. It's like, please at least give me death. Please let me go there. And as he goes there, uh, he's allowed in. Yeah, and they try to grab onto him as, as he's doing it, but uh, uh, they, uh, he's like, "Fuck off!" and he flies by himself. And again, I think like going to more of the abstract here, like it's 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 a cool idea that Doctor Strange got stabbed, is dying, and like figuratively in this weird, unreal universe, is able to move towards death as he's physically dying. Like the the. It's just a cool, like, abstract way of, of him confronting his own mortality. Yep. Yeah. And even as, like, brief as this world is they visit, it's a really neat idea that everyone here wants to go and meet death because they're so tired of being, like, these ragged shells yeah. of life. It reminds me of, like, Dark Souls, like, in yeah. Undead Berg. <laughs> so then he, like, he falls through this portal in some trippy classic Doctor Strange stuff. Of Probably story. my favorite uh, panel. It's, like, him getting, uh, shrinking into, like, a warp hole, like... Uh, like a, you know, in movies they show like a, a Star Trek when going to warp speed, but it's like his home type body's doing yep, that. Yep, and you have like As... three uh, boxes of just his eye, like his eye opening closing because he can't believe it. Then a zoom in on his eye opening again. Yeah, and then he falls through into basically like the cosmos. It's space, and, but but skull, but death is uh, presented as a skull imposed on space. Yep, and basically uh, a meteor hits his horse and turns his horse straight into bones. And oh, it death, looks death so explains cool. that anything in this realm that touches you, even subatomic particles, are basically killing you. They're so it's like an antimatter, matter kind of thing. Yep. But it also explains that now uh, Strange is in the real world, and in the real world, everything is death, basically. Yeah, so then they end up having a battle, and with Doctor Strange trying to like escape him and fight back against them, but it's one of those things where it's like, how can you can't beat death or escape death, and death makes it known to him. And they go on like this. They have a long dis- discourse about that, just talking about like the nature of death and what Strange is trying to do. He- this is like the coolest part of the of the arc, but like it's kind of hard to summarize in, in like a podcast. Like you yeah. kind of have to just yeah, without this. going page yeah. by page yeah. and just explaining what each of them like say to each other. Because it really is this like confrontation with like like the inevitable death of everything. Like mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, and it ends with Doctor Strange because he's realizing that uh, he's accomplishing nothing and he has to accept death. Well, and it's because he he finds like eternity and it's like oh this is the counterpart to death and he's like i can go in eternity but so, and death can't reach me here and then i like that just... death explains it's like well eternity is a man spawned concept you know, that like he can still like push and pull against it it's form yeah. that he's in that <laughs> angle hurts up definitely is real like crazy where you're like he's in it looks like he's in the white shadow of a figure, which is Eternity. And he's Eternity actually is a, a figure in Marvel. That's from Stan Lee's uh, run. Uh, we'll get into Eternity in, in the part two, but he's actually a figure that represents all creation in and, Marvel. And as but... he's flying around with it, it's slowly like bending and warping, growing emaciated and thinner. Yeah, and doesn't at this point he gets visited by ancient one Kenobi, yeah. and it's yeah. like well, that's, that's after first he accepts, he accepts death and dies, and yeah, after he dies, like, he, he realizes I can sit in the shadow of Eternity forever and. I'm, it doesn't matter because Clea is still trapped. The universe will go on. I will still – my body is still going to die when I get out. Like I have to just – I can't keep running from death. I have to accept it. Yeah, I have to, I have to and return to the real world because I can't influence the real world for hiding here. Yeah. And, so, and so when he dies, that's when he meets the Ancient One. Yeah, so he, he gives himself up to death and Ancient One basically pulls like Obi-Wan Kenobi and is like – 
Oh, it like, was a, it's like a, it was a test. Yeah. He's like, look, you've turned off your targeting computer. What's wrong? <laughs> well, but but uh, this is what, one, one of my favorite things about Stephen Hill's run. Basically, he explains that uh, uh, what happened was uh, Doctor Strange, uh, this is like basically their tests as being Source Supreme that happened uh, naturally. And basically, one of them is confronting uh, your natural mortality. And he says, like, uh, when you uh, once the Source Supreme confronts death willingly, uh, now uh, you no longer feel feel uh, fear death of natural causes, and you can live indefinitely, just like the ancient. Yeah, one did. it's like the the kind of the Eastern philosophy of if if you're looking for a way to escape death, once you accept that you will die, then you become eternal. Yeah, it really feels yeah. like that, like uh, that Buddhist like mm-hmm. uh, thing. Like you, you're you you have to reach a state of spiritual enlightenment in order for your body to fall in line with that yeah yep and then the last you know really should have ended there but the last you have to solve up the yeah, clear you gotta thing. tie it up and I- you gotta you gotta defeat silver that's what that, actually that's why i like the structure so maybe i'm the only one here i like the fact that it, i like stories where silver dagger is no threat to dr strange but since Doctor Strange is so entangled this, as a powerful character he's so entangled with this greater in life concept that this minor villain is basically getting away with murder, basically. That's true. And and it is cool, I think, in in a lot of fiction where you have the hero's journey and then he becomes powerful near the end and then it has to go stop the villain. It's like, he's he has the upgraded gravity gun now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the last issue, that issue is definitely the climax and this is just like, well, how does Doctor Strange resolve this? Because we all know yeah. he will. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, now Silver Dagger decides to tell Clea his origin story. Um, so he's Which is like, pretty cool. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you know, you've been talking blasphemy and witchcraft this whole time. Um, you don't have to surrender yourself to the Lord. And he's like, let me tell you where I came from. Um, you think I'm insane, but, you know, they called Christ insane, too. Um, I was actually in the Vatican. I was a cardinal. bishop. He was a yeah, cardinal. He was vice pope. He was almost, he was, he was uh, set up to be the pope. But the pope like, basically... you know, the cardinals, they, they vote on the next pope every time. Yeah. He was being groomed mm-hmm. to be the successor. Yeah. But the cardinals basically had their own little meeting and ousted him. They um, said he was too fanatic. Yeah, the pope t- tells him beforehand saying, uh, we all know you're the most religious, the best guy, but all the cardinals are political and they don't want a fanatic, so uh, you're not going to get it. And the, uh, I, like, I like that they say where he says that they pass over him because publicly the cardinals speak of your youth. Privately, they murmur of fanaticism. Yeah, yeah. it's like they're all, they too would probably be afraid that this guy would if go crazy and yeah, try if, to you if, know, if, the, if he knew like he did that. Yeah, yeah. So he goes into the um, the Vatican Library, and of course they have magic books there, and it, it just takes a few days to learn. Just like the real magic, the real Vatican. Yeah. So he, uh, you mean just like God, he reads for six days and six nights, but on the seventh, he finally he like succeeds in mastering magic and then collapses. Yeah. Just yeah, like right. God, <laughs> and I like how well, they show it's the true. Ne- <laughs> they show the Necronomicon in there too. It's like the Vatican has all these really cool books, I guess. Yeah, I actually and- really like I, the thing I really like about his origin is that he goes after he learns a little bit of magic, he starts going around the world, like Doctor, like uh, people like Doctor Strange and Batman did in the origins. Yeah. But like, which this is what uh, uh, probably would happen in real life if they had teachers just willing to teach anyone the stuff. Like he learns the magic and he kills the magician. A little bit. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> but ah. it's also because he must be some like inherent like 
savant because he learns it better than they do every time. Well, yeah. He has, like, yeah. unending devotion to God, so. Yeah. It reminds me of, like, in uh, in role-playing games where you have, like, the more holy you are and more devout you are, the more power you're granted. Yeah, like in Final Tactics, he has the higher uh, faith, faith. stat. Yeah, he has 99 faith. Yeah. Um, but doesn't leave to, he doesn't leave to join the church because he was already there. And even though yeah. this, the, the backstory is pretty long, it's just it's really cool to get uh, establish some more depth to a character that when he appeared in that first issue, I'm like, is this like some stupid old Doctor Strange foe that has a big white handlebar mustache and always uses yeah. silver <laughs> daggers? But then it's like, oh, this guy's actually, there's a lot more to him than I thought. Yeah, and he goes yeah. to like Egypt and India and all these like places that Westerners will be like, wow, so exotic. And then um, he's like, I gotta go kill Sor- uh, the Sorcerer Supreme, the Ancient One. But then by the time he gets there, Sorcerer or Ancient One died, and it's Doctor Strange who's the new Sorcerer Supreme. So he's like, I yeah. gotta kill him. Um, and basically, what happens now? Doctor Strange just comes out of the orb and enters real reality, um, and he accidentally enters the Doctor Strange mannequin that's decapitated. Basically, basically, like as he exits the orb, he's it's so chaotic getting to reality after being real. Yeah, he's just like, I don't know where I'm going. Uh, oh, Doctor Strange body. I guess I'll enter. I'll go it. to the Doctor Strange body that doesn't have a big knife in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and basically, he goes to Clea and he's like, Hey, uh, this is my essence or something, and. He, he joins like, with Clea, basically. Yeah, he merges with her essence, and she becomes really powerful to escape. And then he goes to his real body, and, uh, yeah. I, Wong one, is, when when the Silver Dagger is chasing him down, he meets a beggar on the street, and he's like, do you have any change? And Silver Dagger's like, you're a skeleton now, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that, that was like, uh, okay. And then, that, that's just a show, like, he's a bad guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Strange's like, I gotta go fight him, and Clea's like, can I come? And he's like, yeah. And then Wong's like, can I come? And he's like, no, you're Guardian. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, Krillin, Guardian. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, uh, keep yourself um, safe. So if you remember, Doctor, or what's his name? The Silver Dagger has the Ayo Agamotto, and he turns it against him. He's like, you can't even fight this. And then Clea and Strange he turn says, the He says, I am I- knowledge. You are learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he turns the Ayo Agamotto against him. Basically, um, basically saying it's not a weapon. Like it's not like a gun. Like you hold it to and shoot it at people. Hmm. It's uh, it's it's uh, it is it's, a conduit for any who understands it. And I am Sorcerer yes. Supreme, a man of knowledge. Well, you are only a man of learning, which I yeah. find, which I kind of find funny because he just learned to not fear death in the last issue. <laughs> so he is yeah. learning too. But no, now he knows. Yep. Now he knows. Yep. Now he and... knows everything. No other trials. I think, I think it's supposed to imply that, like, uh, Doctor Strange uh, internalizes it while uh, someone that doesn't believe in magic, he just uses it as a weapon to kill yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more about that. Yeah, he he reads books to, like, figure out something, and, uh, and like, not really, in- like, you, you basically said it, internalizing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then, so Silver Dagger's like, oh shit, I am a crazy religious guy. Ah, and he falls into the Eye of Agamotto. Yeah, because Eye of Agamotto makes him realize his true self. Yeah, and he's like, I'm, I'm shit. And then we see. I'm shit. The, we see the comic end with him. Chilling with the uh, hookah smoking yeah. caterpillar, yeah. and they're just like, "All right, I guess this is my life now. Yep. This is non-life now." They're just—they're talking <laughs> yeah. for the rest of eternity, and the caterpillar couldn't be happier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that fucking and it's like that last line. I like it. It's like cute little note on yeah, this yeah, really yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, a cute ending. Yeah. So now let's pretend we're in the world of unreality, where we're not continuing this for the next episode. Would you guys read more of this? Yes. Oh yeah. Sly. Oh, definitely. I read them more. Than <laughs> I know. I, I love the I. But you know, that's the that's the segment. That's yeah. what we have to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I love how much Engelhart focuses on like philosophy and discussion for Doctor Strange's stuff. Because when you are that powerful, it's like that's what's more interesting. It's like and, she- you know they do they do put in the like action scenes because they have to because it's a comic. But like 
it they're never like done for too long. They're kind of interesting and the comic still has that feel of like the more interesting abstract uh like highbrow stuff yeah uh yeah. like it's just really cool and i mean it's no nemesis but it's like it's still <laughs> it's up there this is, this is how you do pulpy uh stories yeah. where it, it's it's entertaining but still has some meaning to it yeah quite a bit of meaning i'd say I'd yeah agree. definitely there's a lot of of like meaning in the the, the confrontation with mortality like it, it's yeah i i also yeah. like how dr strange struggles with taking life like when the caterpillar starts fighting him he has to blast it to get it off of him and he's already like remorseful that he had to take a life not knowing that the caterpillar is on life yeah but it's yeah. like yeah. that's that's just neat to see yeah that's actually why i really love dr strange and why i don't like modern day dr strange as much because his devotion to life is forgotten by most writer modern writers but yeah that's um, i mean watching the movie i was like he just seems like a another one of the marvel superheroes just with magic yeah. more than he like there was trippy stuff in it but his attitude is still like haha one-liner and i actually actually uh, the movie i would say got it closer than uh, most of the recent comics because they actually say i'm a doctor i have to protect life like i can't kill these sorcerers like he was trying to find a way to and avoid also kill. the movie is his journey to becoming that's true like, that's one true. with he, the universe or he does like he is an asshole and then realizes I shouldn't be an asshole. Sorry, spoilers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> spoilers, uh, Superior movie actually has the yeah. become Superior at the end. <laughs> so uh, we read the Apex, uh, the the peak? What was? Yep, Apex. We read the peak. Yeah, we read uh, the... Uh, the pinnacle. The, the crest. We're at the top of the hill. Of uh, Engelhardt's run. Next uh, time on Device Visuals, we're going to see how it ended and devolved into another uh, chaotic hurricane after his run. Spoilers, uh, Dr. Strange gets cuckolded by Ben Franklin. <laughs> That's a good way to end this. Wow, uh, we is. should have our, our next time on Divisive Issues be like a TV show. Next yeah. time on Divisive Issues. Then it's like, I can't believe you said that, Ryan. And then we, we argue, and then it's like, then it cuts, and then it's like, ah, spoilers, and then it, I, fuck you, Phil. Sly, how could you cuckold me? <laughs> We're all cucks, that's a twist. <laughs> dun, dun. Next time, next week, Wednesday, at whatever so, time, Sly wakes up. <laughs> so just uh, before we say goodbye... I just want to quickly plug, I made a separate announcement, but in case you didn't listen to it, we did launch a second podcast that's on the weeks that this isn't. It's called Oops, I Talk Politics, and it's exactly what it sounds like. First two episodes, by the time this comes out, yeah, the first two episodes are out, and we talk about Hamilton and the movie Crash, and hopefully this episode kept, we kept politics out of it. I think it's because we had that other way to vent. We talk about religion instead, so, you know, one yeah. time rush the topic to another. <laughs> but I would recommend everyone join the Facebook group. It's Oops, I Talk Politics. And, uh, yeah, see how mad we are. And uh, you can Mad work- as in crazy, not as in uh, angry, because we're, <laughs> yeah. we're insane. You can crazy f- lips. You can find that and this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever you get podcasts. And rate and review both of them. But I guess because we're here, this one first. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We've been Divisive Issues. And I've been Sisseneg. I mean, Genesis. I've been the giant rabbit in the hat. I've been the hoary hosts of Hogoth. And I've been Sorcerer Supreme! <laughs> Stay in continuity.
Independent Podcasting Network.